Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. All right. Pastor Vic had an awesome message last Sunday. Uh, it's been with me all week, along with the stomach flu. <clears throat> That wasn't part of his message, but one of the things that really stood out in, in his message last Sunday that, that struck me, he talked about desperation, you know, when you're desperate, and it made me think of being a desperado, and I really liked that, and I was thinking along with our carnivore night, we should become also desperados, you know, desperados are rebellious, it says that they're, they're a rebellious bunch. And uh, we, we need to be a people that rebel against the things of the world and uh, surrendered ourselves to, to Christ Jesus. But, uh, yeah, I really got a, a lot out of that last week, Pastor, and uh, it was a great message, and especially the area of desperados. Not the, uh, not the uh, song Desperado by the Eagles, by the way. What we're in hopes of doing this morning is uh, speaking about our gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, working in our lives, and uh, do some introductory on that, um, and for some introductory, for others, maybe a refresher, you know, um, to uh, think about the gifts that's got, that God has placed in your life. And those gifts are there for the building up of the body of Christ. Uh, it's so important that the body of Christ um, is operating in the things of the spirit and not just in the things of the soul. Um, I spoke sometime past about the, um, I called it soul control. But the power of the soul is amazing. Without the Spirit of God, men and women have done amazing things. But the church is not about the soul. The church is about the spirit realm, the kingdom of God realm, where God dwells, where the power of God dwells. So we're hoping to introduce... Um, that just a little bit more. And I'm going to lay a, a little bit of a foundation here. My wife and I are going to minister together this morning. Uh, we haven't rehearsed it. So, um, you know, who knows? I'm going to begin in 2 Timothy I'm reading out of the New Living Translation today. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, in uh, verse 6, Let's, let's go ahead and back up to verse 5. I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and her mother, Eunice. 
And I know that the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. I want to read on. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. I believe the body of Christ, the church as a whole, has spent way too much time on behavior modification and not enough time on our identity. When we have our identity, then we can have the gifts functioning in a way that they will not function when we're just focused on behavior modification. Now, believe me, I think behavior modification is a good thing. I know some of you, and you could use some. <laughs> One of my favorite sayings, movie sayings, is uh, in Lonesome Dove, Captain Call. Uh, for those that are Lonesome Dove fans, he says, uh, this is after he just beat this guy to pieces. I mean, he really beat him hard. And he gets up and he looks at the people who are stunned at how violent he was. And he says, Captain Call says this, he says, um, I hate rude behavior in a man. I won't tolerate it. <laughs> now that's behavior modification. <laughs> After his own behavior was completely out of line, then he gets up and says, I hate uh, uh, rude behavior in a man. I won't tolerate it. I think when we are focused on behavior modification, it makes wide open doors for self-righteousness. It makes wide open doors for trying to be something that we're not sure what we are other than behaved well. So let's go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. In verse 1, beginning there, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Paul was speaking to Timothy here about an identity that he had received. And a lot of times our identity, what's, what's your emotional home? You know, your emotional home 
will really be based on your identity. If it's simply on behavior modification, you will go up and down, you'll fall, you'll trip, you'll stumble, you'll, you'll pull, I pulled it this morning, I pulled a Biden. I was walking up those stairs, I caught my toe and down I went. And that's the first thing that came to me was, yeah, and I judged him for that, now I get to do it. <laughs> identity controls your emotional home. How you define yourself can be affected to either limited identity and short-term identity or eternal identity. When they asked Jesus to identify himself and uh, when God identified himself, he had only one identity. He says, I am. He didn't say, I'm good. I mean, he, he is. He said, I am. I am that I am. And we see with Timothy, the exhortation is, I believe he's saying to Timothy, keep your identity in Jesus. For out of that comes the anointing for your gift that is in your life. We all have gifts that's been given to us, every one of us. We can pursue those gifts and we should. But if your identity is not settled in Christ, the anointing of that gift has its um, changeability, limitations. I believe we're moving into a day and an age where if we do not, as the church, walk in the Spirit and walk in the power of, those, of the Holy Spirit and his gifts that he's given to us, behavior modification, being good people, being a good church, a liked church, a wonderful people, isn't going to cut it. I'll finish with this in John chapter 8. Again, I want us to uh, talk about our identity. I passed out some uh, things a few weeks ago at the uh, baptism. And I encourage the people that, that got those to read them every day for how long? How you doing with that? How you doing with that? I love it. You see, the Word of God, though, what, what the Word of God says about you, of who you are, what He sees about you, is to me, in my life, I've come to that place where I prefer what He sees and says about me over what my feelings of, about me are. Because, you know, one day I feel pretty good about myself. The next day I don't because I, I just messed up. Okay, John chapter 8. I think I'm in the right chapter. In verse 57. 
the people said, you aren't even 50 years old. How can you say you have seen Abraham? And Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Church, you need your identity in Christ. You need your, your, your personality centered on the fact that you've been given an individual personality. It's a great personality in most cases. Um, but that's not what defines you. Jesus Christ is what defines you. They were asking Jesus, and he, they're like trying to get to his core, his very core. I mean, they're after him right there. Who are you, who are you really? And he says, I am. His identity was secure. Now, my wife's going to come up, Nancy's going to come up and share about the gifts. And I wanted to lay this foundation that it's so important for our gifts. Now, we also think of character, as I said, um, behavior modification. You know, you got to behave yourself. You got to be a good Christian. God is not in the job of making good people better and bad people good. He's in the job of saving you and filling you with the power of the Holy Spirit and giving you gifts so that you can operate on a different level than this world. Amen. I can take a hint. I appreciate my lovely wife. Uh, we've been through a lot together. She's Italian. I'm Scottish. It, we go through a lot That's together. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray for a minute. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for the gifts of your spirit, Lord, for what you're doing here in our midst, Holy Spirit. I just uh, ask you to anoint me now as I speak. In Jesus' name, amen. There's a lot to say about the gifts of the spirit, so I'm going to try to do it in 15 minutes. <laughs> 11, 11.25, well, I might have a little more time. We'll see. Anyway. Mark and I talked about if we were going to stand up here with one another. We decided there was too much standing, so we'd sit. He'd, he'd speak and sit, and then I'd, you know, that works. <laughs> As you get older, you need to sit more, stand less, right? But we're not older. We're young. <laughs> okay, so most of my uh, scriptures that I'm going to be sharing are from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And again, um, the Apostle Paul is addressing the church, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And then if you jump down to verses 8 through 11, he says, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, interpretation of tongues. And then in verse 11, this is very important, it says, but one in the same spirit works all these things, 
distributing to each one individually as he wills. Okay, that means all of you, okay? All of us. He's not saying a certain segment of the body of Christ, everybody. Everybody, when you are born, and it talks about in Psalms 139 about how we were created in our mother's womb, I believe from that very time when we were created, our gifts are put in us. Now, he also talks about how when the, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we get saved, he gives us gifts in. I believe that's when we can recognize them when we see them. But all along, I think they're there. And I'm going to um, use myself as an example. Growing up, uh, and this is, this is a, a good thing for you uh, parents to think about with your children. Growing up, I was always known as Miss Know-It-All, which I really hated that. That's what my dad used to call me. I heard just little Miss Know-It-All, you know. When I was eight, nine, or ten, and well, I was Miss Know-It-All, but I didn't know what it meant, you know. <laughs> it's because of the gifting that the Lord put in me, you know. And now I'm an ordained prophet. Who knew that's what I was going to be, you know. I had no idea. And, of course, my dad just thought I was being Miss Smarty Pants, so he would call me Miss Smarty Pants, Miss Know-It-All. Anyway, none of that was helpful to me because then I just thought, grew up thinking that everything I said, even though somehow I knew things, that it was just stupid, you know, that it was just dumb. And why did I have to be like that? I didn't want to know things. Okay, so I'm telling you this to encourage you because it's really important to speak faith from the very beginning into our children. Because usually they're born with certain characteristics that the Lord puts in us when we're formed in our mother's womb. It's not something that we can, uh, you know, that we just uh, grow into. We do grow into it, but it's there. It's like it's our DNA, our stock. For instance, I'm married to Mark. He's a Campbell. I'm a Parati. So like he said, he's Scottish. I'm Italian. Very different, right? But my stock that I come from, my DNA, is Italian. So that makes up who I am, largely. Now, my mother was Irish, so I have that in there, too. But it seems, I don't, I'm not, not sure how this works, but I've observed this in other families. It seems like certain members of the family take off after one parent and others take after the other. I think that's just the way the Lord works it out, you know? Anyway, somehow I, I end up taking after the prize. I mean, we went to Italy a couple of years ago, and I looked just like my cousin over there, Mario, who I had never met before ever. Anyway, and they took a picture. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've got the same eyes as him. You know, he's like about, I think he's, in a, he's probably close to 80 now, 70s. He's, he's a little older than me. But anyway, so that was great. We got along great. He spoke Italian. I couldn't understand a word he said, but still we related. Same stock. Anyway, the point is not to disdain um, how we are. And it's not your personality. It's different than personality. That's another thing altogether. It's how God made you, okay? It's very important to recognize that. The sooner you recognize that, the better. And also, in marriages, husbands and wives, husbands don't disdain how your wife is. It might be the very gifting that the Lord put in her, you know? So don't stand against that. You might not like it. Too bad if the Lord made her that way. Get over it. <laughs> you know, get over it. Embrace it. Love her. And wives the same way towards the husbands, you know. Don't, don't disdain your husband for who he is. He might be a very kind, compassionate man, and you might resent that. Get over it. God made him that way. You have a problem? Take it up with him. Take it up with him. You know, seriously. You know, if we would start looking at our, each other more like that, I think we'd have a, a better grasp, you know, on who we are and encouragement and the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, so the nine gifts of the Spirit fall into three divisions. 
There's the gift of revelation, three of those. The gift of inspiration, three of those. And then the gifts of power. So I'm going to start with the gifts of revelation, okay? The first one is the word of wisdom, okay? The word of wisdom is a supernatural revelation or insight into God's will and purpose, often given by the Spirit to solve perplexing problems and situations, to impart an understanding of strategy and insight that only God can give. And sometimes that happens when you're praying for somebody, or sometimes um, the Lord may put you in a situation where uh, there's a problem to be solved, and he'll give you this wisdom. That's a spirit of wisdom. It's different than a spirit of knowledge. Similar, but different. Okay. I was trying to uh, think of an example from my life, and some of the ones in the Bible are um, Nathaniel, when Jesus was talking to Nathaniel under the tree, the woman at the well. Those were w- words of wisdom, spirit of wisdom that the Lord was using. God gave Jesus wisdom to identify those situations. And sometimes he will give you the spirit of wisdom on somebody that's unsaved, if you're talking to him, and you'll suddenly know maybe all about their life. It's, it's something that you have no way of knowing. It's not carnal wisdom. It's not natural wisdom. It's supernatural wisdom that only comes from God, not in anything you could know yourself, okay? I remember uh, one time I was at a, a conference down in... Uh, South Carolina, it was a joiner's Morning Star Ministries, and we were going out street witnessing in between uh, meetings, and uh, one, of the, uh, one of the gals was talking to somebody, I think it was my partner, and the Lord gave her a spirit of wisdom, and she suddenly knew everything this person we were talking to, all about their life. Never met the person forever, you know, and it just totally blew the other person's mind, and she got saved on the spot. That's what the spirit of wisdom does. Very helpful in leading people to Christ. Because we may know nothing about this person, but God does. Just like the woman at the well. Jesus told her everything that ever happened in her life, including all of her many husbands, you know, which I'm sure she was embarrassed about that. But he had no way of knowing that. The same thing can operate through us. That's the spirit of wisdom. Okay, and then the second one in the gift of revelation is the word of knowledge. And the word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation, again, of knowledge from God, insight from God, of the will or plan to know things that you can't, you can't know. You have no way of knowing. But um, the uh, word of knowledge is something that is, um, let's see, I have a note on that over here. It is spiritual revelation of information pertaining to a person or an event, okay, very specific, given for a specific purpose, usually having to do with an immediate need, okay? So the word of knowledge a lot of times will come into play, like if you're praying in a Sunday service or something. Like I can think of Karen last Sunday when she had the word of knowledge for Jeff, okay? The Lord spoke to her about Jeff, his need for healing. She called him up and prayed for him. That's operation of a word of knowledge. Or you may be praying for somebody, and the Lord gives you a specific thing to identify what is going on in that specific circumstance, okay, that time. So it's more of an immediate need type of thing is the word of knowledge. The Holy uh, Spirit wants to equip us so that whatever situation we're in, we have the tools to address it. Because we in ourselves know absolutely nothing. I mean, we don't. We really don't. So if we were relying on the Holy Spirit, he can give us the gift we need whenever, whenever it's happening, you know. Even if that's not our gifting, if we're in a situation where there's a call for a word of wisdom or word of knowledge or whatever gift, 
the Lord can impart it to us right then if that is what's called for, okay? So I want you to be aware of that as well. Okay, the third gift in gifts of revelation, which this is a very important gift, is discerning of spirits. Okay, discerning of spirits is a supernatural revelation insight into the realm of the spirit world to detect their presence and their plans, okay? Now, this is really important in the world we live in today because there's so much happening in the spiritual realm. There's so much deception going on. So we need to have discerning of spirits. It's the ability to discern the spirit world and especially to detect the true source of circumstances or motives of the people. That is really important because you might be talking to somebody and maybe it's somebody you're, you know, trying to share the Lord with or maybe it's somebody that you know at work or whatever. And suddenly they just kind of get into this weird place and you're not sure what their motive is. That's where discerning of spirit clicks in. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is going on here? What is this I'm detecting? Is there some kind of demonic activity going on? Is this person giving place to a spirit or what is this? And so that is very important. And um, one of the, uh, I'm trying to see if she's here. One of the people that we have in our church, well, I don't know if I should share that. Yeah, I'm going to share it. Mark says no. Okay, I'm not going to share it. Mark's saying no. Anyway, there's, a, there's a, at least one person in our church that I've identified with that has this gift operating. Anyway, it is a very important gift because it can save us a lot of grief. We might be trying to uh, uh, lead somebody to the Lord, or we might be trying to, uh, I don't know, Pray for them in some manner. But if they're given a place to a demonic spirit, none of that's going to do any good. It's not going to do any good. Or if they have a motive. They might, might not be given place to a, to a uh, demonic spirit. They might have a motive. And their motive might be, um, you know, to just mess with your head, you know. Or maybe they don't like you because you have a certain gift and they want it. Pride, you know. Again, what is this person's motive? Why are they saying this to me? You know, they might be trying to get into a certain... I don't know, position that you have or something. Or maybe they're trying to freak you out and make you feel inferior. What is their motive? Why are they doing this? Why do they want to do that to me? Or they might be telling you, you don't know how to speak. You don't know how to share the word of God. What is their motive? Why are they doing that, you know? And the discerning of spirits will quickly tell you what is going on in that person. And sometimes they don't even realize that they're giving place to stuff. A lot of times, people don't realize they're giving place to it. But if you have discerning of spirits and can identify that, then you can minister to that person. Or you can save yourself a lot of grief and not buy into it. You know, maybe you don't even have to say anything. The Lord says, okay, this is what this guy is doing. He's trying to, he's trying to mess with you. Okay, identify. Okay, I'm not going to receive that. It's not true. It's not who God said I am. Forget it. Okay, that's discerning of spirits. Then there are three gifts of inspiration. Prophecy, diverse kinds, of, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Okay, so prophecy is a supernatural utterance in our native tongue. It's a miracle of divine utterance not conceived by human thought or reasoning. It includes speaking unto men or women for edification, exhortation, and comfort, okay? It's given by the, it's a spirit, supernatural ability given by the Holy Spirit to speak the word of God in proclamation and at times in predicting the future. And the scripture about uh, predicting the future is in Amos 3, 7. It says, the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals it first to his servants the prophets. The Lord always wants to warn us of what he's about, he's about to do. So we're not taken by surprise, you know. 
That's our God. Thank you, Lord. The scripture says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants of prophets. Amos 3.7. Okay, and then there's um, diverse kind of tongues. And that is a supernatural utterance in other languages that are not known to the speaker. An example of this is in the book of Acts. They were all gathered together. Uh, the Lord had told them to all meet together, and they were in, a room, in the upper room. And the Holy Spirit says, the Holy Spirit came upon them in tongues of fire. And then they all started speaking in other languages, and none of them knew, you know. And that was, that was uh, speaking in a diverse language. And it, now there's two different pur purposes for uh, different kinds of tongues. It says d diverse kinds of tongues, plural. It says tongues, plural. And uh, I believe this is because there's tongues that come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be talking about that fairly soon, because some of you aren't baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's speaking in tongues. The evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Or there's another type of tongues, which is the gift of tongues, okay? And we haven't had that happen in our church for a while, but there's people here who have that anointing. You might, I think it happened a while ago now that I think about it, yeah, because I remember Darlene was talking to me about it. But anyway, one person can give a message of tongues. They, they well, let's say we're having a worship service and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. It's like a prophetic word, but it's in tongues. Okay, so you don't understand any of it. Then somebody else will get up and interpret it. That's the interpretation of tongues, okay? That's the next gift we're talking about here. So the interpretation of tongues is a supernatural ability to interpret what is uttered in another language not known by the other person. And that is really a sign to unbelievers. That's what that is used for. It's, it's an encouragement to Christians, but it's a big sign to unbelievers. You might remember Mark when he was given his uh, testimony about when he came to know the Lord at Abelouk Church, and the prophet got up and spoke in tongues, and he said, what are they speaking? Is that Hebrew? Or I think I said it was Hebrew, whatever. <laughs> and the, the man was speaking in tongues, and then he interpreted it, or somebody interpreted it. So you should never give a message in tongues in a, in a service like this unless you're going to have the interpretation or somebody else does. Because then it just causes confusion, and that's clear in the Bible. That's why there's, there's two gifts listed here, the diverse kind of tongues and then the interpretation of tongues. So anyway, but unbelievers hear that. Look what it did to Mark, and it shakes them up, and they get saved. They go, what? What is this? We've never heard such a thing, you know? And so then the other person stands up and interprets, oh, that's what it means. You know, and they get excited. They come to know the Lord. So that's a powerful gift. I think a lot of people get, get concerned that have that gift because it's not something that is widely used in the body of Christ today, at least not that I know of. In some churches it is. I mean, we're open to it here. We've had that happen before. And sometimes, sometimes we as believers aren't very uh, considerate of one another. I remember uh, a number of years ago, there was this uh, woman in our church. I still know her today. And she had a powerful gift of tongues, you know. But she gave it in church, and, you know, one of the brothers just told her, you know, what, what are you doing? Why are you saying stuff? So that's a bunch of baloney. She didn't, you know, she never gave it again for months. I don't know if she has since then. See, we have to be careful what we're judging. That was a gift from the Holy Spirit. And somebody gave the interpretation, but he didn't care. He was just being funny. Why are you doing that? You know, don't be jerks, you know. If somebody has a gift, encourage them. Don't criticize them. If you don't have it, too bad. You're not supposed to have it. You don't need to have all the gifts. Stick with what you got. Move in that. <laughs> okay? Okay, let's see. Then there's the gifts of power. There's three gifts of power. The gift of faith, the gift of healing, 
and the working of miracles. Okay, so the gift of faith is a supernatural ability to believe God without human doubt, unbelief, and reasoning. That's pretty amazing, huh? So it's released in a believer to, be, to do the miracle works of God on the earth. And you've got to have a lot of faith if you're going to do miracles here on the earth, right? It's not something you just get, you know? I mean, we can all have that faith, but there are actually people that have that gift of faith where they can believe God no matter what. And those are the people the Lord is going to use to do miracles on the earth because they have this great faith. Okay, so it's released in believers to do the miracle works of God on the earth, okay? And we need that right now. Okay, and then the next one is the gift of healing. And the gift of healing is the healing of all manner of sickness by supernatural power without human aid or medicine. And, of course, um, Jesus went around and he healed many that were sick. And we have that same dunamis power within us to heal the sick. But then there's people that have the gift of healing, and that is their focus. It's like that's what their calling is. Um, I remember when I first got saved, I really wanted the gift of healing. Okay, you can want something. That doesn't mean you're going to get it. doesn't mean that. I didn't ask for the gift of prophecy. I asked for the gift of healing, okay? But that was not the intent God had for me, okay? And I remember going around and praying for people, thinking they were all going to get healed, and they didn't get healed. And so, okay, this must not be my gift, you know? I mean, it takes a lot of... Um, boldness and, I guess, certain level of insanity to go up and pray for somebody. And, you know, the obviously has a major, you know, maybe they have a cane or whatever, or maybe they have a broken leg. You think you're going to just lay hands on them and they get healed right there. And you do that and they don't get healed. It's pretty discouraging, right? Okay, so then as I prayed about it more and more, I felt like the Lord began to speak to me about the gift of prophecy. He started speaking to me that, no, I want you to be used in the gift. Of, I want you to pursue the gift of prophecy. So I started praying about that. And then the Lord started using me in that area. But anyway, we should, all, we should all pray for people that are sick. You should not not do that because you don't think you have that gift. But there are people that have a certain leaning towards that. I mean, you have the compassion. The Lord put that in you. And you have the heart for it. And you just, you know, you're just drawn to people that are not well. And you want them to be healed. Okay, that is the gift of healing. It's like that's your thing. You know, the other things are all great, but... You're going to pursue that. You're going to pray until somebody gets healed. You're not going to give up. And you're, you, when you see somebody that is ill, you're drawn to that person. The Holy Spirit just draws you, and he pours that anointing out upon you. Okay? And then um, the ninth uh, gift here, which is also under the gift of power, is the working of miracles. Okay? Better put my glasses on so I can see what I'm doing. <laughs> And the working of miracles is a supernatural power to intervene in the ordinary course of nature and to counteract natural laws if necessary. So it's a divine ability um, to, to uh, still a storm, feed a multitude, walk on the water, uh, cast out demons, turn the water into wine, and raise the dead. Okay, those are all miracles that Jesus did. And if you have the gift of miracles, working of miracles, that can happen in your life as well. And I believe it goes along with the gift of faith. I believe if you have the gift of faith, you probably have the working of miracles. Because you've got to have great faith to pray for miracles. And there are those uh, in the body of Christ that the Lord has equipped to do that. Okay, so 
Now, according to the Bible, and that's the nine gifts of the Spirit, according to the Bible, the gifts of the Spirit are to continue to work through the followers of Christ until he returns, okay? Now, there are people who say, well, those, those gifts were for back in the days of the Bible, and they don't happen today, and that's a bunch of bunk. That's not true. That's not what the Word of God says, okay? The Word of God says that they are to be used until Christ returns. He's not back yet. I don't see him. So that's up to us, okay? <laughs> We're it, guys. <laughs> okay. So in summary, I just want to read um, this note on 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, in which it says, Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not himself but all. Okay, so to summarize, God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit delight to give us spiritual gifts. He, they, he delights to give that to his people. That's us, the bride of Christ. These gifts are imparted by God to every believer upon conversion as the Holy Spirit chooses. Okay, so you accept Christ uh, and you wonder what's happening now. The Lord's going to give you gifts, okay? It says he gives them to all of us as we're converted. And how do you know what your gift is? Well, you're going to have certain leadings of the Holy Spirit where you're just going to be led this way. You feel like you're supposed to do this. You feel like you're supposed to do that. Um, I'm going to pick on Lisa for a minute because I picked on her before and she, she's okay with it. But one of, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, I've told Lisa before, and I will tell you if I sense this in YouTube, she is very prophetic. I mean, she just sees things. The worship team's up here worshiping and she sees things, you know. Or she detects things in people at her work. She tells me things. She tells her clients at work. She's prophetic. <laughs> and I know she's growing in that. But see, she has a leading that way. Okay? It's not something you have to come up with. It's more of a natural gifting. And the Lord will speak that to you. And he'll show you. It's ask him what you're supposed to do. And he will let you know. Okay? Let's see if there was anything else I was going to see here. Let's see. So these gifts are imparted by God to every believer upon conversion, and they confirm the word of God and expand the kingdom of God. They're to be neglected. They're not to be neglected and misused, but they're to remain the divine power source for us on the earth. And through the uh, using of the Holy Spirit gifts and us walking in that, that's how people are going to come to know Christ. That's how the Spirit of the Lord is going to move. We've got to be moving in the gift of the Spirit, all of us operating in our gifts and that's how we move forward. It's like a corporate moving forward as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts. So anyway, that is a short summary of the nine gifts. And there will be more to come, I'm sure, as we speak on the gifts. All right? <laughs> you know, one of the things uh, that stood out to me was um, a lot of times we have uh, see a gift in somebody else and, and we, we see how God uses that person and we enjoy that, we like it, we benefit from it. Um, and Nancy brought out, you can fall into like envy or jealousy of it and want that gift. Nothing wrong with desiring gifts, but to really find yours. Uh, a, a number of years ago, we took our youth group to see this group called the Power Team. Anybody know what the power team is? It's these really strong guys that can rip phone books in half. And I'm like, yeah, 
I can tell you to this day, I've yet to rip a phone book in half. I can't do it. They gave in some skinny ones this last week. I can't even do that one. So I don't have that gift, but I can benefit by and enjoy and be uh, equipped by and encouraged by and built up by the gift that's in your life. Good word, dear. Another one I want to mention too is, uh, and then we're going to close with a song of worship, is uh, the gift of humor. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't specify it, but it's a very important part of our lives. I'll give an example. For, for a number of years, uh, myself and a couple brothers here put on, uh, we would, uh, I would select an area within Alaska somewhere, and we would invite businessmen from all over the nation that didn't know Christ necessarily. That was the goal. And we would take them to a fishing spot, and we'd just spend a, a five-day time together fishing and get to know these guys and let them see that Christians can fish and have a good time and be normal and yet love the Lord. And it was very effective ministry. But this one time in particular, uh, our brother Richard was with us on this trip, and we'd gotten there, and uh, it was early in the morning, and we noticed this one guy sitting in an old rundown car, big guy, too big for his car, and he's watching everybody. Gift of discernment, fishing game. And we have a saying, we have a saying about Richard Stoffel, wherever Richard's at, there will the fishing game gather also. But anyway, so he's, he's actually watching to see who's over their limit on, on the fish. The fishing was really good. And Richard had left his fishing license in the bed and breakfast where he was at. And he started getting nervous. And once we detected this guy was fishing game, he disappears. That guy comes to me. I mean, he's a big guy. He comes to me, he says, where'd your buddy go? He says, I went and looked in his truck and uh, looked in his vehicle, and he's not on the floorboard. I go, do people do that? He goes, all the time. <laughs> and uh, you look around, there's only one building. It's the outhouse over here. So I go over there, and I go, Richard, are you in there? And he goes, yeah. I said, get out. The fishing game is looking for you. So anyway, he comes over, and... And I knew by then what the deal was, that he'd forgot his license and left it back. I said, well, listen, sir, um, here's the deal. And I'm his pastor, and I can't wait to tell on him. Here's what he's done. He left his license back at his place. And the guy says, well, we can deal with that. We can't deal with you hiding from me, you know. And then he went and busted a bunch of people that weren't with us. So gift of humor helps out sometimes. Yeah. Let's worship the Lord. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.